Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a ton to break down. Didn't get a Friday show in last week. I completely lost my voice. Happy to say that it's back. Also, to appease all of you out there who didn't like my Lakers background because of team specific. Here you go. Now we've got the Indiana Jones background rocking. Dun, 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 dun. That's right. That's where we're going now. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm surprised you lost your voice because I barely ever let you get a word in edgewise on this show. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to blend that one on Lakers Nation. But yeah, it's a, I love the background. I'm I'm digging it. So I'm there. I just want you to have an Indiana Jones hat. That's all. I, I think that's coming. I've got to order one of those. I'll find one on Amazon and then and then I'll rock it. I'll get the jacket and everything. Perfect. And then and of course I'm gonna need a satchel. It's not a purse, it's a satchel. Indiana Jones has one. So I'm into whip. That's right. That's right. So uh yeah, I'll get the full get up going. Maybe for Halloween. For the okay. Halloween episode, I'll have to bust I'll have to bust out the Indiana <laughs> Jones look. But uh, you know, we've got a ton of things to get into. Yep. Oh. Yep, there it is. There it there is. There it is. Oh the my gosh. Siren. Oh my gosh. Well, we're gonna let it play this time because oh. it's 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 a long one. There it is. Oh, All right, yeah. So sorry, much. I that was good. That was a mistake. It didn't even. I didn't even mean to play it there, but that's gonna be the bulk of the <laughs> that's, show. That's, so. that's where I was going. So that was uh, like Bob Ross style. A happy little mistake there. Um, this <laughs> is. Oh, I mean, such a huge update on Ben Simmons in terms of what's going on with this whole situation. I guess, first and foremost, let's dive into the report that came out this morning that Simmons is now considering reporting back to the 76ers. They're actually talking to the Sixers about making that happen. Uh, Simmons is, will be on track to lose about a million dollars so far from not showing up. That's probably affecting him. Sounds like a trade is not imminent. And so now he's looking at reporting back to the 76ers. Keith, you put out there on Twitter that this is not a good thing. This is going to be a bad thing all the way around. What's your take on, on that, him getting back to the 76ers? Why is this so bad? Yeah, I just don't see how this helps anybody. It's He clearly doesn't want to be there. I don't know how much they want him there if, if he doesn't want to be there, right? And you can't just press reset. This yeah. isn't a video game where you just hit reset Blowing and the everybody's cartridge. happy and we all move along. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, now we're showing our age, right? <laughs> Pull it out, blow in the cartridge, push it back in, That's right. keep your finger in while you push it down. Yep. Yeah, all those tricks. That somehow kids of our age, kid, kids, guys of our age that were kids figured out without the help of the internet or anything like that, but we all knew. We only how to do exactly. it. Exactly. Right? There was the, no no one telling us. So anyway, uh, on Simmons, though, yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. Like how this helps anybody. Now it makes sense from Simmons' standpoint mm -hmm. of no longer losing yeah. money. But there's been subsequent reporting from the Philadelphia area that he's still not expected to play in any games. So I just don't really understand unless the idea is. Hey, get in here, prove you're in shape, look good, then we're going to build a trade and off we go. Then maybe, but beyond that, I don't get this for Philadelphia or for Simmons. I almost wonder if the easier decision from Philadelphia's side at this point would be like, all right, hey, we're all in agreement, stay home, but we will stop fining you. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly they're not going to go that direction either. So you know, maybe this goes the Jimmy Butler route. He gets out there and he just, you know, is not happy <laughs> and it, you know, just becomes a mess on the court or even the Harden route where he, you know, wasn't uh, playing overly hard and those kind of things. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's see what comes of this. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't love this for, for any, 
parties involved from Philly's side or from Simmons' side. The Jimmy Butler route would be to play with the 76ers' third stringers, beat the first <laughs> stringers handily, and and scream a bunch of things. Um, yeah. I don't, about how you need about him, how you but need yet him. trade me. <laughs> That's right. That part never really made a whole lot of sense to me with Jimmy Butler, but... Right. But it's a fun story. Nonetheless. It's Jimmy Butler. It's just an epic moment in Jimmy Butler history. But I mean, look, him getting back to the 76ers, it does turn around and put the pressure on them. Right. Because they know it, they bit. know what's going to happen. Right. If they put him on the floor in front of a Philadelphia home crowd, it's going to get bad. Oh, and that's yeah. going to be uncomfortable for, for Simmons. Don't get me wrong. But that's also rough on the organization. That's rough on the fans or on the uh, the other players. That's going to be rough on everybody. And so that puts it on them to, to say, okay, well, stay home anyway, but because we're telling you to stay home now, we still have to pay you. Um, so there's a little bit of a workaround there. I think you're right. Like if he's, if he's coming in and only practicing and not actually playing in games, isn't this just the beast mode? I'm just here so I don't get fined. I mean, that's, it's the NBA <laughs> yeah. equivalent of that. Yeah, a good friend asked me, you know, why, well, well, what is this? You know, why do this? So, like, why would Simmons go back? And I said, Marshawn Lynch explained yeah. it best. You know, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I mean, that's really all this is going to be. So let's let's see where it goes as far as trades. Though, like you said, uh, all the reporting is nothing's imminent. There, there was a pretty uh, good in-depth piece out of the um, Athletic mm-hmm. uh, over the end of last week and into the weekend that uh, updated the situations for a handful of guys. Simmons, of course, was one of them. And one of the things that it said in there was that Daryl Morey is still looking for a star trade. He wants a star. And that one source said if they're waiting on a Damian Lillard trade, it's a prayer. Yeah. because there's no indication that the Blazers are going to trade Lillard. Lillard actually has walked back some of what he said and is uh, you know, re-updated with, you know, yeah, it looks like we're headed in the right direction. That part I find odd because <laughs> none of their off-season things. Well, Larry he Nance really Jr. likes Larry like Nance Jr. He's a good dude. Yeah, it's got to be. It has to be that because <laughs> the rest of them were kind of just a guy type mm-hmm. signings. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so we'll see. You know what happens with that. Uh, you know, um, push forward there. But and then the the um, you know other piece of news out of that article was that Simmons would welcome a trade to Sacramento yeah. that he'd be happy to play uh, with the Kings. And there's been a lot of things put back and forth. And one of the ideas posited there was the Kings would give up either Hal Burton or Mitchell and then some picks and Buddy Heald and off we'd go. And that would be your foundation for a trade for um, Simmons. And they feel like with Simmons, Darren Fox and whoever they kept out of Hal Burton and Mitchell, they'd have a nice foundation to to build from. So, you know, I'm not, gonna say that's wrong Mm -hmm. because maybe that that's the way it goes but i think clearly we're sitting here with uh no updates beyond ben simmons sounds like he's headed back to philadelphia and that is just a little weird in and of itself yeah yeah absolutely and i mean look we heard it feels like it was a lifetime ago but it was probably like six weeks ago the rumor came out that simmons was california dreaming wants to be in california wanted to play for three california teams and we all kind of guessed that maybe the Kings were the the odd man out <laughs> in that group. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe he is willing to go to Sacramento. He just wants to be in, in California. Now, is that what the 76ers want? Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like they still want a lot, a lot. In fact, the what was out there was that they still wanted three first-round picks, three pick swaps, and maybe like in a C.J. McCollum trade, McCollum plus those picks 
that's kind of the gist of what was going around out there. But I do think that we have to remember that there's also a media war going on here. So there was that piece from Kyle Newbeck that was very much on the 76ers side of things and kind of painting Simmons and Clutch in a bad light. And then shortly thereafter, it suddenly gets linked how much the 76ers are still asking for. And that makes the 76ers look bad because that's the kind of kind of asking price that says you don't really want to make a deal. So there is a little bit of a a war for public opinion here that we're seeing play out as well. And that's something we have to keep in mind with each of these reports. Yeah, anytime a report comes out, you have to ask yourself, who does this benefit and why would it come out? And then you can start tracing it back there to start to get to to the root of it. And then there's definitely, without even doubting the veracity of those Mm -hmm. reports, there is, you know, just getting into it, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see why party X would want this information out there to, to the world. So, yeah, and it's crazy to think you're going to get CJ McCollum and what ultimately amounts to six or seven picks. Yeah. That's not, there's no way Portland should or would do that. It's not, you know, in, in a vacuum, has Ben Simmons a better player than CJ McCollum? Yeah, probably. He's made an all NBA team already. Mm-hmm. McCollum's never done that, likely to never make one. But you don't make trades in a vacuum. It doesn't work like that. So it's not like you're going to give up McCollum plus, 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 plus to get Simmons. It's just not going to happen. Just like on the flip side, you know, all right, you want Damian Lillard. What else are you adding to it to go get Damian Lillard? Because you're going to have to add, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of things to go to go get Dame. Or if you want Bradley Beal, you're going to have to add a bunch of stuff to go get Bradley Beal. So, yeah, I mean, the reality is we're a week or so away now from opening night, just over a week. They're going to play without Ben Simmons. There's no chance no. he's going to play on opening night for this team. I would be stunned if that happened because they can't even imagine what that would be like. So we'll see. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to out who said this to me, but I think this is a really good point. He, his comment was, I don't think we'll ever see Ben Simmons play another game in Philadelphia, whether as a member of the Sixers or another team. And I think that's probably accurate. So you're saying that if Simmons, let's say Simmons gets traded to the Sacramento Kings and they go on the road and they're playing the 76ers, he's out that game? Yeah. just Yeah, I think it'll be much like what Kyrie Irving did yeah. uh, in Cleveland uh, for years and, and even the first uh, run in Boston. Now, clearly when they played in the playoffs last year, Kyrie played mm-hmm. and played in Boston. And if you know uh, Simmons is traded and has to play in Philadelphia in a playoff game, he would. But I think a regular season game, where I wouldn't be surprised if we never see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, play play a game there again. I mean, I guess could be a safety concern given how Philadelphia feels about Ben Simmons right now at the moment. You know, I had <laughs> that too. last night on our Lakers Nation uh, post game show. Um, I had uh, Scorpio Sky on with me. He's big, big, big Lakers fan. He's an AEW wrestler, and he did did a fantastic job. But he threw in in the course of our conversation. He said he was in Philadelphia last week for an AEW show, and in the middle of a match, yeah. the crowd started chanting. F Ben Simmons. Like, like this is, and that, yeah, I saw those. This is crossing over now. So, yeah, Philadelphia, not fans of Ben Simmons at this point. Nope. Yeah. His, his, his time there is, yes. And our time on this subject is also done. So, yeah, let's move on. Let's, let's move on to something that's going to make me infinitely more sad. Uh, (sighs) Taylor Horton Tucker uh, revealed today that he did have to undergo or is going to have to undergo surgery to repair a torn ligament in his right thumb. That's his shooting hand. Uh, The Lakers last night had said that he was still undergoing medical evaluation. That was a red flag in and of itself. 
And now today we do find out that he's going to be missing significant time. I haven't seen a timetable come out just yet. I've seen a lot of internet doctors that have kind of thrown out guesses. We're not talking about weeks, though, in this one. Uh, this is going to be nope. over a month, probably getting closer to the two-month range or so. And then you got to factor in the fact that it's a shooting hand as well. Not good. A Lakers team that looked like they had some depth is now suddenly looking very thin, particularly on the wing, with Malik Monk dealing with a groin issue. Trevor Ariza out with a ankle surgery and now Taylor Horton Tucker dealing with this injury. Again, the Lakers were just destroyed by a tidal wave of injuries last season. And so Lakers fans, I feel for you at this moment, not easy to see the season start off this way. Yeah, it, it's to the point where I would say, you know, in the last preseason game, I would play those camp guys, and yeah. two-way guys, all the minutes and just be like, guess what? Show us what you got. You got 48 minutes between the you know six, seven of you or whatever it is uh, there because there's no sense to putting anybody else out there because because now you're it's I always say this with injuries. Yes, there are superstar injuries that if a guy goes down for a year can ruin a whole mm -hmm. season, but it is rarely. So in the case with the Lakers, these are all role players that are hurt right now. So it's rarely about them going down it's what happens when the next guy goes yeah. down and like you said they're now thin on the wing so if you were to lose another wing let's say kemp Bazemore rolls an ankle and he's gonna be out for two weeks now you're all of a sudden like what what is happening here you know where do we go we talked with the ariza injury does that start to change some of your lineup yep. constructions because he was kind of a key to playing ad at the five being able to have him out there horton tucker uh at worst what top eight, nine player in the rotation, you know, maybe a top five, uh, probably top seven. They were talking about him pushing for a right? starting spot. Yeah. So, I mean, especially with Arizo, yeah, he might have. Uh, so, yeah, so that becomes, you know, really kind of kind of messy mm -hmm. there. He's um on the second unit, too. I think they were going to rely on him doing some ball handling and creation type of stuff. Um, so I, I just think that's problem it's not necessarily those guys being out because you can survive those guys being out it's now all the rest of these guys are going to have to take on a bigger role do a little bit more uh you know does this mean lebron james instead of playing 25 to 30 minutes in the first you know three four weeks of the year does he have to play 30 to 35 minutes and just all those things start to add up you know over the course of a year especially when you have an older roster They've got more than enough depth to survive this. They should be fine. But it is just something we have to keep an eye on now move, moving forward into the uh, start of the regular season here because you're hoping to round into, all right, we feel pretty good about where our rotation's at. We feel pretty good about our lineups. And now the Lakers are in a little bit of flux with that, and they're going to have to figure some stuff out on the fly. And it, it, from a roster-building perspective, we have to remember that they do still have an open roster spot. Uh, Keith, sure. and I don't know if you saw this last yeah. night on social media, but James Ennis was campaigning for the Lakers to sign him. Um, obviously, this was before the uh, before the injury to uh, to Taylor Horton Tucker was was made known, but he was already out there, and he's been going around liking all these posts that suggest he should sign with the Lakers and all that. <laughs> yeah. um, he very much wants them to sign him, so they do have a roster spot where if they were to say, "We just don't have anything. We need another player to come in right now. We can't afford to hold this roster spot open until." The bio market, they could, I suppose, turn to him. But again, the plan coming into the season was to leave that 15th spot open and to wait till the bio market to fill it. 
Yeah, and, and and there's nobody who jumps out to me. Obviously, you've watched a lot closer than I have, but in the games I've watched and the reports I've read out of you know Chandy Brown, Mac McClung, yeah. Cameron Oliver, Trevlin Queen, none of those guys has stepped forward enough to take that spot. They're probably looking at all those guys more as the second two-way player mm-hmm. uh, next to Joel Yai. You got to wonder, are they regretting a little bit converting Austin Reeves? You know, do, do maybe, maybe did that, you know, was that a move that felt better in the moment? And now with, you know, hindsight, but it is what it is. You can't move backwards. So, yeah, I, I do, you know, wonder, do you look at it and say, all right, you know, guess what? We'll bring in James Ennis because your other option is too. You could always bring him in on a non-guaranteed contract mm-hmm. and then waive him later if he was willing to do that, if you wanted to. All right, now we're healthy again. We want to keep that spot right. open. Or you could also still do that with Austin Reeves as well. That that remains an option there. But it's it's really at this point, it's about roster flexibility and tax savings. And you can't fault them for keeping both of those things top of mind uh, right now because you're talking about a guy who, in an ideal world, in let's call it two months, isn't going to you know probably crack your night to night rotation. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll see what they do moving forward here. Um, Horton Tucker was expected to be a big piece of their rotation, fourth highest paid player on the team for a reason. But, uh, you know, they're going to be without him for a little bit. So we'll see what they do. Austin Reeves may have some opportunity. He's looked good in preseason. Uh, Maybe there'll be a chance there for him to step in. But it's always hard to rely on a rookie to come into a a veteran heavy team and produce. So we'll see where they go. Not ideal, though. The thing that sucks too for THT, if this was like an ankle injury or something like that, a lot of times those guys can still work on their shooting. Yeah. And, you know, and you do worry for guys got some shooting issues already, uh, does because it, it's his right thumb mm-hmm. too, yep. right? So it's, you know, big part of his shot. Like, does that get, you know, kind of messy, you know, with, with him moving forward? Um, this is something Romeo Langford went through in his rookie year with the Celtics. Um, they, they He had to practice basically with like almost these oven mitt things on just because they were trying to protect the thumb and his shooting just was a mess and it's finally just now coming around. So so you hope that it, it's something he, he can get by, but yeah, it's a this is kind of one he'll keep his conditioning up because mm-hmm. he should still be able to run yeah. and do all those things so you don't worry about that part of it but yeah he's not going to be able to get that shooting time in and that, that's got to be at least a little bit concerning here a good follow for anybody looking for injury updates uh jeff stotts on twitter mm-hmm. he's at in street close um it's all completely unbiased and it's all historical with players who had a similar injury. Here's what happens. And he also uh, gives a lot of really good context to him. And he, he was the one who I saw said it's generally been 25, I think, or 26 games that have been missed approximately seven weeks with this type of injury. But in recent history, a handful of guys have made it back in less time and only missed about 15 games. So, so we'll see you know, where, where a THD falls on that recovery yep. timeline. Fingers crossed. Hopefully he gets healthy soon uh moving on though Kyrie Steve Nash admitting that they are basically expecting Kyrie to not play in home games uh I know there have been some chatter about you know do they even bother playing him in road game like how do they approach this because that's going to be really disruptive to the team to okay these three games it's a homestand so Kyrie's out okay now we're on the road and Kyrie can play again and we know he can practice now so that helps to some degree but Still, this is a a difficult situation, and now this is the first instance of the Nets being like, yeah, he's probably not going to be playing. And we did see in the Nets promotional materials that he was not included for the the home promos. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they, you got to be careful, right? Because then there's false advertising. I showed up to watch. That's and right. It doesn't even play. Yeah. You know what happens? I'm, I'm obviously kidding there. But, yeah, it, it's it's a messy situation for the Nets because the reality is this is the title favorite. These guys are great. Um, they should be considered to be the title favorite. I don't know anybody who can question that in any uh, rational way. But I think the challenge comes in. They're still the title favorite without Kyrie? Yeah, probably, right? I think we still say that and feel pretty good about it. But it just becomes that much harder. And to your point, this is not like a injury thing where you look at it and say, all right, he's out for the next month. Like we just talked about the Lakers guys. Frank Vogel and staff in the front office and the players can plan for, we're not going to have Trevor Rees in town, Horton Tucker, for the next month mm-hmm. at least. At the very least, you know, maybe longer, but for the next month. So here's how we're going to approach this. In this situation, it's, all right, we got him for a game. We don't have him for a game. And a lot of the NBA calendar is, you know, play play a home game, play a road game, play a home game, play a road game. But they have a homestand pretty early in the season. In some ways, I think that's when it becomes easier because then you can almost adopt a mindset of, all right, it's like he rolled his ankle and he's out for two weeks. We're not going to have them for the, this set of games, and off we go. Um, but, yeah, they, this is just very, very messy. It was confirmed. Uh, he also can't play the games at the Knicks because he is a um, resident, uh, considered to be a resident performer under the, the New York mandates. Um, he is good in L.A. He's good in uh, San Francisco. Uh, he's good in Toronto, provided he stays in the uh, hotel room and or in uh when he's not doing team-related stuff. But yeah, it's just very, very messy. Now they've got more than enough depth, and no one's going to really feel bad for the Nets. But the thing I wonder about this is, and I put this on Twitter, at some point, do Sean Marks, uh, um, I want to say it's Joe Sy, the ownership, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, head of the ownership group, and Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, James Harden, what point do they sit down and say, all right, what do we want to do about this? Because we have a chance to win a championship here. How do we want to handle this moving forward? What do you think? Because it sounds great right now to say, hey, he's got our support. We're not going to push sure. him. We're not going to do that. But you know that's that's a conversation that's it's it's at least kind of floating there in the background that's probably eventually going to have to be had. Well, but here's the thing, right? It's already leaked out. And I, I don't know exactly where this is coming from, but that Kyrie would consider just retiring if he was traded. And to me, like that's uh, that's just like this preemptive strike. Like, don't even go down this path. Don't even consider it. Don't even think about it because I'm just kind of out there enough to where I would just walk away and say I'm not even going to bother playing. So other teams don't bother trading for me because I'm not going to play for it yeah. for anybody else. So then, what are the Nets supposed to do? Just they, I mean, basically, their option is either. Stay home, and we're going to pretend like you don't exist for the season, or we're going to play you in road games, and and that's it. And they have to decide which is better for their franchise. Uh, I've seen people out there saying trade Kyrie for Ben Simmons, right? Like, and we've talked about this. We've <laughs> yeah. talked about that, um, but it doesn't look like that's something that they're going to be able to explore. If indeed this whole "I'll retire if I'm traded" thing is real, that puts the Nets in a in a spot where they have two very clear decisions. Either roll with it and play him in the road games only, or just consider him a loss for the season. Yeah, and if you could give me a list of players that I thought would follow through 
on our tire, if you trade yeah. me demand, he'd be pretty high on the yep. list. I, I think, you know, if that reporting is true, I do think he, he would uh, heavily consider following through on it and saying, I'm out of here. So yeah, it is, um, it's a mess. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Um, and that's without getting in any of his feelings on, you know, no, getting right. vaccinated or not strictly talking about the Brooklyn Nets and their basketball future for this upcoming season. It's a mess. And, and, Right, you you mentioned, you know, is your option just, hey, fine, you don't play at all? Is your option playing road games? I do think there's an option that exists of, do Durant and Harden say, go get vaccinated. We want to win a championship. We want you to be a part of it. Like, we let's, let's get this done together. At some point, is that pressure they put on? And would those two even do it? That, you know, we don't know because they, they – all they all we can go off of is publicly they said that they won't do that. And to this point, I'm gonna take them at their word yeah. on that. But at some point, is that something the Nets organization would consider asking of them is, hey, will you go talk to them and, and try to push them to to do this? That you wouldn't surprise me if that's a conversation that is eventually had as well. But yeah, for now it's just moving it forward, I guess. And we'll we'll find out here in another week or so what that means for the Nets. Uh that you know. Uh, after opening night, I guess they, in a lot of ways, kind of no opening. Or I think they're at home. No, they're on the road opening night, right? I'd have to look. Um, I, I can I look. I think they're up. at Milwaukee. I think they're at Milwaukee, if I remember right. But anyway, we know what's going to happen. Their first home game. He's just not going to play. He's right. going to be listed as ineligible and will be inactive. Their first road game is where it becomes the most interesting. You know. Do they say, all right, hey, we'll take you for whatever road games we can get. Right now it'd be 39 games uh, because he, he'd play in uh, all the road games except the two at the Knicks. So. Um, okay, I'm pulling this up. Yes, they are in Milwaukee uh, on, yeah. on the 19th. So opening night is Nets at, at Bucks. So they will be on the road opening night. So we'll see. And in, in, in theory right now, he'd be eligible to play mm-hmm. in that game. So we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, uh, yep. Greg Popovich. Sounds like this could be his last season. Rumors circulating that he may be retiring at the conclusion of this one. Uh, look, Greg Popovich has cemented his status as one of the great coaches in NBA history. Uh, and if he does decide to retire, I, I think we could certainly support that. You know, He's had a long career, stayed a long time in San Antonio, uh, done an incredible job. But it, it's kind of felt like this has been coming for a couple of years now, at least in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think he it felt closer almost a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, where it was like, all right, they're clearly heading into a different cycle, so let's look at it and you know, let's move on. But on the flip side, I look at and you hear him say how much he relishes coaching this young team and how excited he is to work with these guys. So I do wonder if he's, you know, really kind of reinvigorated by coaching without any of the pressures of being a title contender. And what does that look like? But I mean, it's going to happen eventually, right? I think very clearly he, he has a great sense for the history of the game and his place in it. He wants to leave with the all time wins record. I think he's 26 wins short uh, right now. Should get that should. this year. Yeah. Right? I think the Spurs should be, you know, at least that, you know, good of a team, if not slightly better. Uh, so we'll see, you know, what comes of it. But yeah, my guess is this is getting close. It was interesting. Uh, Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, was one of the ones who uh, had this this uh, reporting, and he also in there mentioned. I mean, there's about a million different names 
that have been talked about as his uh, potential successor. Yeah. Now, a lot of them have moved on to other organizations, but, but that's what happens when you're there for, you know, uh, 20 plus years. But there's a handful that are still there, including Becky Hammond and a couple others uh, that are there. And now Manu Ginobili's name is kind of getting thrown in the ring a little bit now that he's rejoined the organization. So so my guess is they'll they'll uh, they'll, they'll keep it um, in, in the family and they will, um, you know, stay with with someone from pop's tree and go go from there but yeah it's going to be interesting to watch how they they proceed uh with this and does it turn into i think it's forgotten now because it's been 20 plus years that he's been coaching but he was the general manager before he was the right. coach and he was and he came out of the front office to coach because he was, the team was such a mess and he was basically like it's a mess so i've got to you know I'm, no one else should have to coach this mess but me. And then he coached it right into getting Tim Duncan, and it all worked out fine from there. But yeah, it's kind of kind of funny just you know how how that um you know whole thing. Worked. Popovich was uh, Thanos after uh, after Loki failed in the Battle of New York, right? He said, "Fine, I'll do it myself." <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, well, and he did it, and he did yeah, it. Well. He absolutely <laughs> did. Uh, and then you mentioned Becky Hammond. I mean, to me, she's got to be the favorite, which would be kind of cool to see. But she's got to be the favorite after almost getting that job. In Portland, uh, Chauncey Billups wound up getting that one. But uh, if she took over, it would be a pretty important moment, I think, in the NBA. Yeah, it it would be. There was, a, a, again, read this piece by Jake over at Bleacher Report, Jake Fisher. Um, one of the things that was in there, it was a quote in there from uh, somebody who said, it's a pretty big difference between being an assistant coach and a head Absolutely. coach. And there's been times in the interview process that doubts have come that she's necessarily ready to, um, to, uh, to be ready to be a head coach. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm rooting for that personally. I would like to see her get a shot. I'd like to see it there where there's a familiarity. There's a lot of, uh, um, organizational, um, stability i guess mm -hmm. is the best way to put that um because she's not going to be walking into somewhere where it's kind of a mess and that's generally what happens with new head coaches it'd be all right just kind of continue what we've started here and build upon it in your own way and i th think that's just a better situation for um for becky hammond mm -hmm. just because of all of the other stuff that's going to come along with whenever she does get her first chance or another uh female becomes the first head coach um it's it's just one of those things where you just got to look at it and say you know all right this is there's, there's going to be a circus around it anyway all the other stuff being less circusy so much the better yeah. yep Absolutely. All right, Keith, let's get into your guy, Jalen Brown, before we get into our uh, our tidal wave full of signings and waves and, and waivers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that we've got for uh, for some more minor players. But Jalen Brown test positive for COVID. Uh, I mean, we're going to be dealing with stories like this, I think, for you know the majority, if not all of the season. But uh, how are the Celtics handling this? What's his status? I'm not sure. What's his status for opening night? Are they still thinking he'll he'll be there for that? Yeah. So, in a bit of a departure, the Celtics put out a put out a press release that said Jalen Brown has tested positive uh, for COVID nineteen, and basically he's in quarantine. Mm -hmm. He's asymptomatic. Uh, updates will be given you know, as appropriate or whatever the phrasing right. is, that's always at the end of those uh, press releases like that. But what is interesting is um, they, then Ime Udoka followed up with it and said, yeah, he's got no, no symptoms. He's feeling good. 
Um, we're hoping to have them back and ready for opening night. Okay. Um, so that's where it was at. Of course, that led to a million questions of, is he vaccinated? What's the, is this a breakthrough case? What is that? Um, we don't know exactly for sure if he's vaccinated or not. Some people have said that he he said that he was. I have not heard that uh, come directly out of his mouth. He basically gave the same response that I want to say everybody else has given is, you know, it's private and personal decision and, you know, all those things that were you know repeated ad nauseum mm-hmm. all across the 30 teams at media days. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see what their hope is that they're going to have a back opening night. And this is where part of their deal was last year. Uh, they were hammered with COVID more than any other team in the league. And it really killed their depth because all their depth was young, unproven players. And Brad Stevens, without openly saying it very clearly, part of his offseason plan was we're going to get some vets in here uh, with this. And now they've got a pretty good deep roster where there's uh, 11, 12 guys that you could conceivably say, yeah, I can see that guy getting minutes on a given night. So they'll get through this, but hopefully, you know, I mean, considering he's, you know, one, one a on the team with Jason Tatum, you, you want him there uh, opening night against the Knicks because you, you just, you know, you 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 really kind of need it. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully he is okay to go for opening night, but is interesting the way it was actually reported by the team. And we'll see if that sets the tone moving forward for other franchises. Yep. Yeah. I almost do wonder, is it one of those things where in um, this is complete speculation? Is it we're more comfortable reporting it happened because the player is is um vaccinated do we feel you know better about putting it out there because in some 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 sense it's you know hey we want to you know put it out there like hey it's not immune the the covid vaccine is not immunity it is you know there's a million things it helps with but it's not you know it does not make you immune there are these breakthrough infections so so yeah let's see you know kind of where it all comes uh, out here over the next week or so but yeah we're uh we're we're all kind of waiting on the Celtics side to see what happens with them. All right. Let's go rapid fire here through a bunch of the players that have been waived, some <laughs> signings as Ooh. well, a few names that most people probably won't recognize, but some that you will. For example, <laughs> uh, the Warriors have waived Langston Galloway. We were hearing that that uh, Avery Bradley was the leader to get a spot on the roster, so waving Langston Galloway is probably a step in that direction as well, though it's certainly not done at this point. Yeah, and then they signed Quindary Weatherspoon today. Uh, that's clearly a signing designed on either he'll get converted yep. over to a two-way uh, contract or he'll be uh, with the Santa Cruz Warriors of the G League. The vast majority of these names we're going to run through outside of the veteran names that you probably recognize. The idea is here is that these guys will end up as affiliate players with the G League team uh, as we go through these. Uh, speaking of veteran players, Costa Kufas signs with G League yeah. Ignite. Uh, kind of a blast from the past there. Look, the traditional bigs have a harder time now making in the NBA than they have in years past, but Costa Kufa is trying to, to work yep. his way back in and sign in with the G League. So best of luck to him there. Would would be nice to see him battle his way back. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to play the role Amir Johnson played mm-hmm. uh, for that team the last couple of years where he's kind of the veteran big in there and will work with their big men. And, you know, good good for him if that's, uh, you know, what he can do and help get those guys ready for their NBA careers. Uh, the Spurs have waived Denzel Mahoney and Jalen Morris. Uh, are they heading to, uh, heading to the G League? 
Yeah, they'll both be with Austin, is, is mm-hmm. my guess. Uh, Morris is a guy who's bounced around on a couple two ways um, with, with teams. But yeah, those guys will both be in Austin. Uh, as expected, the Nets have waived Edmund Sumner. Remember, they made that trade, picked him up from the Pacers. But we always knew that this was going to be happening, that they were going to waive him. They just yeah. made it official now. Scott Agnes, um, who covers the Pacers for the Fieldhouse Files, uh, does a really great job. He reported that there is some potential that Sumner could come back to the Pacers, um, not as a signed player, um, but do his rehab there. Because if he's Mm. not on a team, they are entitled to bring the player back to rehab with the team um, that they were with when the injury occurred. So um, he's very highly thought of and well-liked. Pacers did that trade to save uh, against the luxury tax and to give themselves some clearance uh, against luxury tax. So that's why they moved off that with a second round pick uh, to the Nets. And, that and we saw precedent set on that a couple of seasons ago when, when the Lakers lost DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason, then later waived yep. him to make room for uh, Markeith Morris to sign. And then they went to the NBA and got permission for Cousins to continue rehabbing in their facilities. So something similar here with yep. Edmund Sumner. And that's the way it Absolutely. Be, Absolutely. Frankly. I mean, guy gets hurt on your dime. It's not to, uh, I guess I'm paraphrasing Shaq here, but <laughs> I get hurt on company time. I rehab on company time. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, that's kind of the way it should be, right? Mm-hmm. They, they should be able to do this because clearly NBA teams are going to be uh, better suited to get you where you need to be than uh, just, you know, showing up at LA Fitness sure. and getting in a workout and doing your thing. Yes. Right. In fact, I think it was showing up to LA, LA Fitness that caused DeMarcus Cousins injury. <laughs> <laughs> who's in a pickup game might have been uh yeah the uh yeah. The, that's why i don't play pickup anymore that, i don't want to get that's hurt. the reason why that's that. that's what it is that's the reason why <laughs> i don't play pickup. Yeah, yes <laughs> the pelicans have waived xylan cheatham uh jared harper and they've signed james banks and malcolm hill uh, again kind of shuffling the deck with some of these guys mostly guys that, that we'll see wind yeah. up in the g league not guys that are going to be making an impact on their roster this season in the G League with the Birmingham squadron. That's right, favorite your favorite team. team. I'm psyched. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets have picked up the option for Zeke Naji. You've got like a combination of two of two really good running backs in the NFL. You've got you've got Zeke and, and then Naji Harris. That's uh that, that's a great name. I will take your word for it. I, I don't know. All I know is that Max Jones let a comeback win, uh, first of many. Uh, on Sunday, so I will take that. Yeah, that's not unexpected. Zeke Naji has shown just enough uh, to to be there. I think they were hoping maybe he'd be ready for a full role, but they they were able to get uh, Jeff Green and re-sign Jamichael Green. Mm-hmm. But I think they're probably going to be one of those teams that's going to be a little bit more proactive with resting some guys. Uh, so he may still yet break into a uh, you know more consistent regular season role. We'll see. Uh, the Grizzlies have waived Shaq Buchanan. Unfortunately, his name was not able to save him in that situation. And they've <laughs> signed Romeo Weems in his place. Yep, and both of those guys will be with the Memphis Hustle. Shaq Buchanan's been with the Hustle for a couple of years now. Uh, so he's kind of becoming a Grizzlies um, organization guy. All right. I think that's that's it. I'm sure there's a few other odds and ends that have happened around the NBA. I'm looking to see if there's anything that happened since we started recording. But there, uh, The Hornets waived DJ Carton and Xavier okay. Sneed and signed Jalen Crutcher and Cameron McGriff. Again, these are all G League affiliate player rights rule uh moves uh tyler hall signed with the new york knicks so he he is uh uh you know gonna go through that process with the knicks as well so he'll play in westchester and then the uh the hornets guys will all end up in um the green with the greensboro swarm 
of that. And uh, Matt Ryan, not the Falcons quarterback, oh, Matty the Ice Nuggets uh, camp guy, D- different one, different oh, okay. one. Um, my BC brethren, um, different guy. He is going to be um, uh, way he was waived, and he will uh, be with the Grand Rapids Gold. So they, if you remember, there was the Grand Rapids Drive. That franchise um, was uh, sold to the Pistons. Pistons moved it to Detroit. Um, and then, then the, uh, the, the Nuggets, uh, worked with the, what was the Northern Arizona Suns. They moved to Grand Rapids to replace the drive. They are now called the Grand Rapids Gold and are, and are affiliated with Nuggets, leaving the Suns and the Portland Trailblazers as the only two unaffiliated G League teams. All right. Well, there you have it then. A lot of G League updates there, and that's what we're going to see over the next few days here is a lot of G League-related moves. As players are shuffled down to the G League, you see some other teams that are maybe bringing some guys up to give them a look as we're getting ready to close out the preseason. That's right, regular season right around the corner coming up on October 19th. We've got a lot planned for the regular season, so make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. That's pretty important. Uh, Keith, let's finish with this. A reminder, according to Russell Westbrook, preseason turnovers, they do not count. <laughs> I love it. Well, Hey, I mean, he's not wrong. That's right. They, they don't count for They don't count for anything, but that, that, that sounds like maybe, uh, maybe may projecting yes, a little, just a little uh, covering for something else, <laughs> but yeah, he's not wrong. Nope. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Till next time, stay safe and see you.